Welcome to the Guts to Share Deeply podcast. I'm your host, Krista, and I'm your host, Brittany. Do you have the guts to share deeply? We do. Hey, everyone. On today's episode, I'm going to be sharing my journey in finding out I had a speech impediment. I'm really looking forward to sharing it with everyone um, in hopes to help others who may have one as well. And yeah, I'm excited to share. I'm so excited to listen. (laughs) I'm really excited for this. I'm excited to see you share and release it and tell Mm -hmm. your story. Um, Yeah. So why don't we start with just that? Tell your story. All (laughs) righty. Here we go. So I would say I was in the second grade, around seven years old, when I first discovered or had an awareness of it. I well I didn't I I didn't know what it was called yet, but I knew that there was something different with the way I spoke. Um and I even started to have certain feelings and thoughts about myself that were negative. Um when I would go to read out loud, you know, I would have a hard time getting out my words and even like certain sounds which wasn't fun at all (laughs) you know um and being in school and like the public you know you are around other kids as well and um and for me like I knew that the way I spoke was different than most of them Mm -hmm. and I truly believe that that's when I began to um subconsciously hide it Hmm. or try to like avoid it at all costs by not speaking much and growing up I was always I was very shy from the time I was you know very very little all throughout elementary school Mm -hmm. and I sometimes wonder if that is due to the speech impediment just not wanting to, I guess, not wanting to be open, not wanting to let it show. Right. Um, so then fast forward through elementary. Um, well, so through elementary, um, I would say it wasn't super bad because I was a kid and, you know, all kids, I feel like that kids, their speech isn't always the best, you know, Mm -hmm. even they can trip up on their words at times. So I was hoping that maybe, um, no one would think it was anything like too weird Mm -hmm. or different. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping that, that, you know, maybe they would assume, oh, she's just tripping up in, like, the moment. Like, it's no big deal. Right. Um, and I honestly don't know what my teachers might have said to my parents about it because I'm sure that they've picked up on it. Um, How do you think they picked up on it? Um, well, 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 that's a good question because it's – you know, it's not like they came to to me and were like, hey, you know, I think you have a speech impediment. 
Um, maybe, like, was there times they reacted a certain way? I would say, yeah, like, with the reactions, um, maybe I would try to be speaking, or I would try to be speaking, um, and just not getting out the words, and, like, yeah, like, their, their facial expressions, like, I think they were, like, 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 confused, Mm. you know, um, because initially, you know, they wouldn't have known that it was a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe just like, oh, okay, you know, or like, you know. Um, but it's interesting because I would assume that maybe um, like teachers with elementary school kids, um, they would maybe just assume that it's like a phase that they're going through. Mm-hmm. And they could have just thought it was a phase. But it wasn't. <laughs> Um, so throughout elementary school, um, it kind of just stayed the same, you know, like I got through it and it was all right. Um, and then around the fourth grade, um, I would have like such bad anxiety whenever I would have to do like a presentation because I think doing, because I think I started doing presentations in the fourth grade or that's when I guess kids start you know doing things like that um and I mean I might have done one or something but I begged my parents I that to not to tell the teacher that I don't want to do it and I knew why I knew the reason it wasn't just because I might have felt shy or any other way it was like because I'm gonna have such a hard time speaking and that will be so embarrassing. Right. Like you didn't know at that age, you didn't know yet that it was called a speech impediment. But you knew how you felt trying to speak and that you had a very difficult time with it. Yes. Even at the young age, starting out at like six or seven, you just knew you had a really difficult time and it was different from other kids your age around you. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was hard to even cope with. Um, so I guess pausing for a second, can you explain, uh, just so like listeners will know, what is a speech impediment? So a speech impediment also has another word, um, and they're basically the same thing. It's called a, a stutter mm-hmm. or stuttering, mm-hmm. which is a... It's a repetitioning of words and sounds and or blocking. Now, can you explain what a repetition is? Like, give an example. Yes. So, a repetition is when you go to say something. So, I will give an um, example. If I were to try to say my name and I repetition, it would sound like for for Brittany and it and you never know how long it's going to go on for it could be that quick or it could last a while where you're just like you're stuck on it you know Mm -hmm. and then blocking is different in that 
right before you go to speak, well, when you're, you know, attempting, it's like you feel like you can't even get started. Like there's literally a block. Yes. In your throat. Yes. It feels like there's a block in your throat. And you just know that it's not going to come out. Or like in that moment, it's just not coming out. Like there's no way. Um, But then finally it does. But there's this long pause before it actually Mm -hmm. happens where the word comes out. So for instance, and and, um, I will use my name. If I go to say it and I'm blocking, it'll be like, Britain. Like a pause. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I personally feel like I repetitioned a lot more as a child, like kid. Um, and now more so I find myself blocking a lot, but I still do both. I could feel like I'm a no professional, but I... <laughs> As kids, you're learning to speak, and you're always wanting to speak. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. You know, kids are always wanting to talk, that, 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 that. So I feel like it would make more sense as a child to, like, repetition more because you're speaking a lot more and you're wanting to speak a lot more. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Oh, um, yeah. And then maybe as an adult, you know, you don't always feel the need to speak as much. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're a little kid just speaking, you know, you're quiet more. So maybe when you actually go to speak, um, or especially if you're put on spot in more situations, um, maybe that's why you would be blocking more. Oh, yes. Like when I'm put on the spot, it's bad. The blocking or like both? Um, I would say the blocking is worse for you. Yeah. And there are certain phrases that I know for myself that are hard to get out um, fluently. Like, I will repetition pretty badly. It will just seem like it goes on forever. (laughs) Um, And I still feel embarrassed about it. Um, And it's so weird. Like, I don't know why. But when it comes to, like, Greetings and even goodbyes, mm. like that um initial like, it's like almost like when I'm starting a conversation and then ending it, I feel like I can, um, I feel like I like repetition pretty badly. Mm. Like just for instance, um, and I'll share it because I need to be honest, right? Um, the phrase, how are you? Now, I know I just said it there fluently, but for some reason, whenever I attempt to say it to anyone, like it could be anyone, you know? When you're more on spot or in public. Yeah. Right. I do, uh, I will repetition on that pretty badly in... That's a phrase that I want to say, but I just try to avoid it because... You want to ask how they're doing. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. It's like the certain stuff. There's certain stuff like I want to say because I really do, but I just know it's going to be very hard and half the time I don't know the reaction I'm, I'm, I am going to get, but then again, I these are people that I 
or the same people, I guess, like typically, you know, um, in, I mean, it just is what it is, but I also feel like it could set the tone for the rest of the conversation. Mm. Um, and I could just be assuming things like, well, if I do that, then they're going to be like, or then the person is going to, I don't know, they're going to keep it in mind and be like, oh, she sort of really badly on that phrase. Um, mm. Like they're going to know. Cause yeah. Because maybe still try to hide it too. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. by still trying to hide it, it does make it worse. It does make it worse because half the time I act like I don't even have one and I don't let anyone hear it that badly. But then when I actually become vul, vul, vulnerable and actually attempt to speak, mm -hmm. whether I stutter or not, they're going to see it. And it's like... I guess maybe they could be even, like, confused because, you know, I don't know if they're thinking, oh, well, I just didn't expect that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, well, I have a little bit of a memory that popped up when we were talking about the how are you. <laughs> when I okay. bring it up, you're going to be like, <gasps> um, maybe this is something you'd want to talk on because I'm sure it could relate to a lot of people that, you know, deal with the same thing. Uh, when we worked our first fast food job together – Oh, <laughs> because you worked in the second window of the drive-thru, so you had to greet people. Hi, how are you? How are you doing? Hi, whatever. And I remember, like, because we were there together, like, watching you a couple times or, or being in the window with you or whatever it was and, like, picking up on that, like, when you would try to say, how are you or how are you doing uh, to some people, you know, you'd get a handful of reactions. Some people would be patient, you know, I think noticing that, like, you were struggling a little bit to get it out, and they'd be very nice about it, and act like, you know, they, they didn't notice it, and it was fine, and, and they're very nice, and then some people, like, didn't you have a, maybe I'm wrong, but didn't you have a story one time, like, someone drove off, like, they basically grabbed their stuff and left, like, they just have no patience, you know, for you trying to get certain words out to them, Oh, yeah. Um, I kind of <laughs> forgot about that one. But it's yes. Funny. But it's like, it I was, remember that. Yeah. It was rude. That was like the <laughs> rudest one. Yeah. The rudest encounter. Rudest, meanest. <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't believe that someone would act that way. Like, I would never treat like someone trouble. who had um, a speech impediment or trouble speaking like that. I would try to ask how they were doing. Clearly, they were having a bad day. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, attitude. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, and that did, that did hurt, but you just gotta sh shake it off, you know, um, I'm in the moment. Yeah, but I remember that, see, when you're talking, I kind of remember some things like witnessing it, you know, because by that point, like, I knew, you know, you had shared with me long before that about your speech impediment and stuff, and I, like, I remembered that, and, um, you know, I think people in the workplace, like, you're you know, um, co-workers were nicer about it. Maybe they understood yeah. it more and were more patient. But there could even be some, especially like the bosses or managers, they could seem to get way more impatient about it. Mm -hmm. And like either make comments or, uh, you know, give you the look when you're trying to give get something out, you know. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think that they were trying to be 
rude or anything like that. Right. And it is fast food. I guess everything has to be fast. <laughs> but yeah. yes, I would get the looks if I were like trying to speak and it just wasn't coming out. But I was still trying to get my point across. And like, yeah, everything that you said is true. So public announcement to the world. <laughs> be nicer and more patient. Yes, please. Like, Gosh, darn it. <laughs> Yeah. Patience, I mean, it will go a long know. way. You don't know what someone's dealing with or what they have and why maybe they might be struggling to get that out. Like, yeah. Nice. And, like, I wasn't trying to hold anybody up, you know? Just trying to ask how they do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gosh, Brittany, God, <laughs> don't ask that. Give them their yeah, food. I guess I won't. Out. I'll be like, here, bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be way easier for my speech but i'm not going to be like that because that's not who i who i am and now that we're talking about this side of it it has been hard because i feel like i've had to i can't think of the word oh like suppress maybe Mm. who i really am just in order to appear normal or, like, I don't have anything going on. Um, and that's a big reason why I probably have stayed quiet a lot of my life. Like, in groups, group settings. Um, and in social settings. Whether that be work, um, church. Gosh. <laughs> anything else? Um, any type of social setting. Any type of social situation. Yeah, school. Yeah. Um, events like um, family get get togethers and even just I mean obviously like meeting new new people is always like I still get like nervous about it because I know they don't know that I have a speech impediment yet but they will or but they are going to soon and it's just hoping that I don't get a bad reaction but most of the people that I've met have been really nice. And usually, I mean, if I would have to know them pretty well before, like, like meeting them. So it hasn't been bad. Now, have you – do you recall or would you like to share any, like, situations or comments you'd gotten from any family or friends or – yeah. Negative. Yeah. yeah, so there has to be a couple. I mean, there can't just only be one. Um, so yes, one in, in one in particular I do remember. It just happened recently, so it wasn't long ago. Um, we were at a family gathering. It was a um it was a holiday and this family we haven't seen in a while. Um, so the person that I'm going to share or, and, and, and the person, um, who reacted to my speech impediment, I hadn't seen them in years since I was a kid Mm. and I don't think they really even knew much about me or anything like that, or were even aware that I had a speech impediment. Mm -hmm. So it was me and a couple of my siblings. We were all standing around. Um, I guess it was like, well, so we were in the kitchen. It was around like, mm-hmm. um, the, it was, um, 
I, I don't know what you would call it. A center, a center island, yeah. And um, the person was standing over there with us, and, and we all were talking. We were kind of like in like a circle, just like talking. And, um, and he obviously forgot most of our names. Mm-hmm. So he went around asking everyone their names. And that is actually a trigger for me. It always has been. Um, it still is to this day. It's not as bad, but. Putting you on the spot. It's being put, put on the spot. Yeah, right. like you're being put, put on the spot because you're not to say your name. And um, I think I was like one of the, one of the, one of the last ones like in the circle. Because we, because he was, because <laughs> he was going around. And then when he finally got to me, um, he said, and well, then he went, Andrew, and like he just like got my hand. And then I was like, I just, I paused. Like there was a pause. I was blocking. Mm. I felt like it wasn't going to come out, but I knew after a moment it was. So I'm just like, and then before I, and be able to get it out, he makes a comment and goes, oh, what? You forgot your name? <laughs> and, like, starts, like, laughing. And, um, but, uh, you know, knowing his personality, he's just like that. Like, he likes to, um, I don't know if it's pick up people, but joke. just joke and, you know, maybe to, like, lighten the mood. And then I think as he said that, I said my name. And yeah. then I'm like, no, no. And I don't, I kind of forget like what I said after that. I was just like, oh no, no, it's, it's Brittany. Um, you know, I played it off. Um, but it was, you know, it was in front of everyone else, like some of my siblings, but they all had, yeah, but they all had my back and they gave each other like a look like, wow, that was not cool. Like, (laughs) um, oh, you noticed that? Yeah. And I could tell that you were. You were not happy with him, him and him at that moment. You were like, not my sister. Like, as your sister, and like I think family members are really close people to you that know what you have. You know, we do feel very protective of you in those kind of situations. You know, it's it's kind of like double sided because he doesn't know you have that. You know, so yes, his personality is to joke more, lighten the mood. You know, maybe he just thought you were a little nervous and he just wanted to make a joke. Maybe that was all his intention was. You know, like, I don't think his yeah. intention was to, like, be nasty, you know. So it's not like we can say anything or do anything about oh, it because, yeah, no. like, we know he doesn't know. But for us that, you know, do know and, and why you were blocking or, or having a hard time getting your name out, like, we're very protective of you. And, like, someone, you know, making a joke like that, it's like, you want to go? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you actually want this to go down on this holiday? Um, yeah, it's like, you know, because we're just like, dude, can you shut up and let her get the word out? <laughs> like, stop, you know, um, because I knew that would affect you some way or another. I think you're kind of used to it, which is not cool either. Like, why should you have to be used to people being rude? <laughs> um, but it still does affect you. I could see it on your face. You know, that's the first thing I notice is that you know, they're making a comment and you like have to kind of shrug it off. But 
on the same hand, it does low-key hurt still. And it's like, dude, I struggle with something, you know? I'm trying here. Shut up. <laughs> well, yes. Like, yeah. And it just, like, so for us seeing that, we're like, we all, like, give each other. <laughs> I'm surprised you, you noticed the love. I did. Because I was wondering like, what you all were thinking. Okay, because we're Yeah. <laughs> Who's throwing the first punch? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm so, I'm just like. Well, that means you care, and um, I'm thankful that, you know, you have my back, and everyone else there did too, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, definitely, I Uh, mean, I mean, like you said, you could see it on my face, and, and I've seen it before, at the McDonald's, yeah, (laughs) I mean, I don't react like I'm, I I don't react like in a, in a, in a verbal way, like, hey, that, 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 that wasn't nice or ugh, like because i'm not gonna do that but that's not your personality that's not my personality it's just not. and it's like i don't want it i don't want to make it a big deal because i don't want the person to think think like think it's a big deal to me um but that's not even how i would like react anyways but i do tend to still i guess get offended of course and it's what like i never bad? know what to do after that's said if there's a moment like and it can actually make it more awkward. Maybe they think they're like lightening the mood yes. by making a joke, but then now it's like cricket, cricket. It's also awkward. I know, and just I don't make your jokes. Don't be rude. Like just dudes, <laughs> and and it made it more I, awkward. It it did, and it was in front of everybody. We're in the kitchen. Everybody's around. And this person's loud too, so it's like, and who else heard that? Like, yeah, then they're like, what? what? Yeah, yeah. Her name? <laughs> like, no. Now I have to announce to the world, no. <laughs> and that's actually a pretty common thing that um, people with speech impediments get. They'll get that line, and it's like, no, we didn't yeah. forget. Yeah. And I think that's what's so frustrating um, about it is because. People assume things like that, where it's like, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> like, I did not forget my name. I could never forget right. it. <laughs> like, Come on, dude. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if it's, like you said, just wanting to, um, like, to make the situation less awkward, but I think it actually makes it more awkward. <laughs> yeah. Like I, like, I don't know why, like, people think that it's going to help to, like, lessen the... To make a joke to, that I forgot my name at 29 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been on this road for 29 years. I forget my name. Oops. <laughs> no. Yeah, and um, even at work, I've that's heard. happened with, like, um, customers. But not with right. my name. Like, if they ask me a question about something and I go to, like, answer, but it's happening where I'm blocking. Oh, you forgot the name of that drink? Yeah, or, like, <laughs> oh, like... Did you forget? I was like, it's not that I forget you know what? people. From now on, here, we're going to set something. <laughs> right here. From now on, say yes and just be quiet. Make it real awkward. Like, really? And then see how they react. Like, let, like <laughs> they think they're making a joke. Be like, yes, I did. And just silence and, like, walk away. Yeah. They'll feel real stupid. <laughs> Oh yeah, be like like being sarcastic <laughs> about it. But they'll never make that joke again. Yeah, in a way where it's like, yeah, yeah you know, I did. You no, know, I did. So sorry, you, you don't get your drink today. Bye. <laughs> I should start being that way. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, 
I guess, I mean, I still, I mean, I feel like my, it's like my heart sinks every time I get a comment like that. And then I feel like defeated. Then I feel like, mm. all right, like this is it. Okay. Like, and then I don't have it in me to kind of like be like, well, actually, yeah, you know, um, I did forget. Ha ha ha. Have a, have a good day. <laughs> but you I still tell him to have a good day. <laughs> I tell him to screw off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be something. Brittany Coming from me, back. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I did forget. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> see, but even what even that, like you shouldn't have. You know, and all jokes aside, you shouldn't have to be, you know, mean back or so. It's like it's because it, people just don't know how to act. People can be rude. They can be disrespectful. You know, it's like even if they think they're making a joke to lighten the mood. You know, maybe notice. You know, someone might be just, this is also why we're talking about this, I guess. It's like bring awareness, normalize it more. There's people out there with speech impediments, with stutters, whatever they have going on. So maybe leave your jokes at home. (laughs) Like don't, you know, you don't always have to make a joke to lighten the mood either. Just listen, just let them finish. (laughs) Like, because one, it makes it more awkward or it can offend them. And maybe think about somebody else. Don't always just think about yourself. Think a little bit about the other person. And that, you know, clearly they might just be struggling a little bit. And it's like, chill. Yes. And I think that's where the anxiety comes in. Yeah. Due to, like, reactions. Because mm-hmm. um, half the time you don't know how someone will. But if you know the person or the people really well, um, and maybe they're not thinking while they're doing it, right. but they almost always act this certain way. Like if you're stuttering or something, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because they don't know how to go about it or they just don't know how they should, like, I guess what, like, well, I guess what I'm trying to say here is they don't know how to maybe even feel about it. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to, cause I know we railed off. A little bit. Um, your story. So fast forwarding, you know, um, you know, you're a kid, you obviously noticed it, you noticed the difference between you and other kids, things like that. You had more and more anxiety throughout school, presentations, being put on the spot as you got older, probably more self aware. Um, so fast forwarding, how did you diagnose yourself or find out that what you had is a speech impediment? So, all throughout my teen years, it was just a cycle of um, shame, anxiety, and feelings of helplessness because half the time I felt like I couldn't do a lot of things due to my speech impediment. It made things such as getting a job hard. Um and even making friends or going to um, social gatherings difficult. Um, and I just, I just sat with it. And my mindset was, it's always going to hold, hold me back. This is just how it is. This is how it's going to be. And I just have to deal with it. But then I reached a point where I was like, no, like, I don't want to keep feeling held back by it when I don't even really know 
what this even is like because I didn't I mean I think I knew the term like stuttering Mm -hmm. but I still wasn't sure about it so I actually started um doing some research on online about it looking up the definition of a stutter or of a speech impediment and I found so much through the internet um, and doing my research. And that's and where you found the proper name, speech impediment. Yeah, because it was, I mean, I've only heard the term like like stutter or stuttering. And a lot of people actually can be misunderstood. You know, every, like anyone can stutter. Like when they're giving a presentation, if they're extremely nervous, some people, not all, but some can stutter, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean they have a, have a speech impediment. Right. It's just in that moment, I guess their nerves. Um, But this is such a, 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 a complex thing because then people start thinking, well, then is it just nerves that make you like stutter um, or even have a speech impediment, but no, it's not. It's not. There's a clear difference. There's a clear difference, but it's a very com, um, it's a very complex thing. So, people would just have to read up more about it or mm-hmm. read up on it more. But um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, like I was saying, people who stutter from time to time or like occasionally don't have a speech impediment or wouldn't be considered the person with a speech impediment. So I always heard that term, but it was only for if you stutter like on occasion or stuttering if you're stuttering like in a moment that's like where it's just happening. Or maybe, you know, someone is talking too fast that they trip up on the words and they're like, oh, like, So you found out through like doing research and that's, you kind of like self-diagnosed. Yes. Yes, I did. And I even found people on YouTube, uh, people just like me who have a speech impediment, who had one growing up and a lot of, uh, uh, similarities were there Mm -hmm. and it's crazy, but I literally thought I was the only one in the world who might've had a speech impediment. And mind you, you know, I didn't go to middle school or high school and was kind of to, to, to myself there. So, of course, I, you know, wasn't talking to a bunch of people. You definitely then thought you were, like, alone. Yes. And I do believe that people who have, a, have speech impediments start out by hiding. Um, it's called being a covert uh stutterer and I found out that I was that because I hide it although it does show and I don't always hide it it's weird because like you like you are aware that I have one Mm -hmm. but I guess that's well I guess that's because I I mean I told you and now you know Mm -hmm. and it's been years since Mm -hmm. um but and I guess there are some that 
just show it and they don't care. But I think think the majority of those who have one do care because it is something that's different from normal of uh, fluency and you just no one likes to feel different in a negative way if they assume it is a mm. a negative thing um but yeah after finding out that there were like a lot of people um and i would keep up with like their videos because i was like mm. interested to see what they had to say about it and share and i was like oh my gosh like i am i am I am not alone, even in my own thoughts and feelings about it. Like, Mm. it's, I guess it's normal to feel this way then if I, because, or due to having one. Um, And even I found that there is, like, a community of people who stutter, which is great because having a, 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 um, because having a community of people can really help you feel less alone. Support and encouraging and yeah yourself you feel like yeah and then we can help each other out you know with so then you shared with your family (laughs) oh with my family (laughs) yeah so honestly i did not know what you all knew like because i knew it was show from time to time but i acted like i like it wasn't there or like it wasn't a big deal so I don't know what you all knew before I said anything about it, but I came to a point where I was like, I cannot just keep this to myself any longer. I want to get it out there because um, I felt like it was the elephant in the room, mm. especially when it would happen because no one really, like you all didn't probably know <laughs> really. Um, so I did share it. I first shared it with a parent of mine, and then I shared it with, um, so not with all of my uh, siblings at the same time, I don't believe, because some were, like, a lot younger. Mm-hmm. I think it was, like, um, I think it was you, you, uh, you girls, mm-hmm. and I remember, like, oh my gosh, just feeling super, like, nervous to share it because hearing myself talk about it like I could never like it was such like a shameful thing that the thought of like talking about it out loud to anyone else just made me feel so like embarrassed Mm. and it just made me feel so and it and it even made me feel on like like uncomfortable about it um but I finally just wanted to get it out there so I shared it and the reactions were not bad at all. You all were very nice and supportive and honestly not really shocked. And I was like, oh, like. <laughs> like you make it up in your head to be like this humongous thing because it is such a big deal to you. I mean, yeah. it's something you're dealing with 24-7. So valid. <laughs> but telling us you, I'm sure, made like a humongous deal in your head. And then when you actually told us, you're like, oh, okay. Well, we love you. <laughs> like, great, you know, can't wait to learn more about it. Or so you're probably like, what? Yeah, and I thought I'm the not... world was going to catch fire. Uh, well, it kind of fell away. Um, and I think from the outside looking in, people would, um, or, you know, people could say, well, honestly, like, 
that's not really a big deal. It's just a stutter. I mean, you have a, you know, you have a speech impediment. It's fine to say it. But for me, it was a big deal because I, it was like a mind, like, I guess I kept it in my head, you know, and like, it, it, I think I created a lot of my own anxiety and fears based on it and the oh no like what are they gonna think or how are they gonna react or who does this make me as a person Mm. it felt like it was who I or it felt like it was part of my identity so then if it really was a shameful thing and something to be embarrassed of and to um even regret having it's like then that would make me um a shameful person or someone that people would look upon and be like oh man like almost like pity you and like that's such a shame you know and then in and of itself it's not even like that but we but i think your mind i mean your mind is so powerful that it can make you think and feel things that aren't even true but you believe them and i believed the lies for so long that this was something that i had to hide or feel embarrassed of and you know i i didn't want that to be be my life and to this day i still you know struggle with certain thoughts and feelings about it but i need to tell myself constantly like no you know like you know the truth about it it's fine and when I focus on those who actually love and support me then it really helps and I know that I have a lot of people in my life who do um which helps and and also focusing on the ones that also react normally helps too because it's like well that's how it really should be and if I get a na- a na- a na- a negative comment or a negative look, then that's on them. That has nothing to do with me as a person. It's very true. And just like learning to separate that, which is hard because it's been like this throughout my whole life. So it can be a challenge and a big struggle to put aside your own thoughts and feelings about it. And to choose not to believe it. Mm-hmm. Now, what is a way that you have coped with it? Um, so I actually, after I had shared this big news with my family, um, and after doing my research and all that, I actually um, started my own speech therapy. I made a book. Well, not a book. It was like a binder. I think this is so cool. Yeah, I didn't know this until you shared this with me the other day. So I was like, what? Yeah, because I heard about like speech therapy, how people can go to to that, but it doesn't cure your 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 stutter. It can just help. And you didn't really Um, have that opportunity at the time or support to like go to speech therapy. No, but what I can say is one of my parents did tell me that I was in speech therapy when I was like six. Mm. And that. I guess the person that was helping me said that I was 
good, good, uh, good to go. So I guess that didn't help, but <laughs> so I don't really count that because if it didn't actually help me, then and now I don't know. I mean, maybe you don't it did really help. Remember it, do you? I don't, but I can remember a place. Did it <laughs> I think it did though. Yeah, it was some type of some type of therapy, but I but I don't recall like ever sitting and I was so young but like sitting down and like practicing like talking like I don't know but I guess it happened but I don't even really count that because I was so young um or maybe I should still say hey yeah like I mean it does count but um but yeah and I just I knew like I didn't really know of any places to go to speech therapy like now you know as I'm like older and obviously, it probably costs some money, you know. Um, but the thing is, it's like it's not really meant. It's not meant to cure your stutter because you're gonna have it. It's just, right. I guess, ways to help it. So I thought, well, why don't I just uh, create my 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 own, yeah. you know? Um, and I got a lot of so a lot of the things that are in the speech therapy binder I got from from the um, internet mm-hmm. and I searched up everything from tech from techniques um, well breathing techniques and um, separate techniques and then um, like ways to manage your stutter um, and I would even like copy down phrases that I knew were hard for me to get out and I would like practice saying those and I even wrote down like, now I knew that, well, I, well, I mean, I, well, well, I know that there's more than just the few that I wrote down, but I actually wrote, so I started from A to Z and I had to think off the top of my head, what A words are hard? You know, what, what B words, C words, D words, and you know, the rest are typically harder for, for me to pronounce and it could be anything. And like some of them were names, and then I just wrote some of them down, and I just would start saying those words like, you know, blah 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 blah, like <laughs> all in a row. Yeah. Um, now, although you know, putting this together was a really good idea and did help, I didn't do much of it um, in social settings, which is kind of the idea, right? Like. If you're in a practice, you need to practice in front of others or in settings where you do feel nervous. And I've done it, but I mean, I've done some of it, you know. But it can be a little bit more intimidating and nerve wracking. Yes. And if you're like already more nervous being put on the spot socially, uh, well, like at a social, you know, gathering, let's say, then you're probably, you're like thinking of that. You're probably not like, also thinking of wait the techniques in my book let me yeah it can be hard yeah and like I didn't want to live my life having to constantly have or constantly thinking of okay how am I going to say this all right let me let me get you know ready because then I feel like it it's hard to be in the present moment right and to even concentrate on what the person is saying um but I guess that's why you practice and then it just should come uh naturally but one specific technique that i learned 
and I could do this in public, you know, um, is right before I'm about to say something, um, I need to, or I forget the name of it. It's called something. It has like a term. Um, wait, hold on. I think it's, um, well, so I had it in my head and I think it came back to me. It's called the slide tech, the slide technique. Okay. So right before you're about to say something, like say if I was going to say, how are you, which I'm going to try this now. <laughs> um, before I would say it, you know, you, um, you, in, you inhale and then on the exhale, you imagine yourself going down like a slide. Okay. And then you say it. So, <laughs> hi, how are you? Like, it's kind of like a like a downward effect. Uh-huh. Um, and you kind of have to, like, imagine it, like, li- like in your head. Like a slide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously with, like, the breathing tech techniques, that also um, is big. You know, your breathing, make sure that you're that that your breathing is in sync and it's you know you're not tight (laughs) which is hard because when you are a person who has anxiety naturally you're gonna tense up and you might feel tight um but even just like making sure like you loosen yourself up and just take like a deep breath but it doesn't have to be like a dramatic one just and then say it you know and it may or may not come out like like fluently and I think also there was a pressure like oh well if I do these and then every time I do it then my words have to come out fluently then I cannot stutter and I guess I was looking at it in the wrong way where I was putting a pressure on it rather than just allowing it to teach me Hmm. because when you're in the process of learning something of course you are like you are going to make mistakes and you're not always going to be perfect the first time or a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think that's so great that you, like, made your own book, therapy binder book. That's really helpful. I mean, anybody could do that, you know, even now. <laughs> you know, anybody could go to the Internet and print out stuff and techniques and um, put it all together and, like, work with it at home. Or if a parent has a child and they know their child has a speech impediment, they could create a binder <laughs> for the child, yeah. you know, um, and sit with their child and do it. So I just think, you know, that's that's really unique and it's a great idea. I, re- I really like that, especially because your options were limited to receiving any kind of help or therapy at that time in your life, your teens and later teens and early 20s. So, you know, that's a great kind of innovative way, I guess, I, if that's the word. Um, you know, to like really take it in your own hands and create something for yourself because you really didn't have much other option at the time either. So I think that's just like so wonderful and powerful. <laughs> yes, and that really helped. Um, even in the journey of wanting to like discover more about it, it just like pushed me, and it yeah. and it mo it mo it mo it motivated me mm-hmm. even more to just keep going and just to keep like pursuing that and i believe i made that binder that was like that was 2016 so it's been a couple years now yeah 
Um, because I remember, yeah, I know I shared with you all. It was around that time too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Well, did you have anything else in your notes or anything before? Oh, we let me check. <laughs> <laughs> that you wanted to share? I, well, I didn't think to mention about, like, um, Ed Sheeran, I could say, and also, okay. I mean, well, I mean, I don't have to. I should have said, and I came across, no, I think that'd be like, cool. celebrities that even have a speech impediment. Okay, so let's start again, because I'll cut this little bit out. Okay, so three, two, one. So was there anybody um, in your research that you found out who also had one that maybe was well-known? Um, I found out that Ed Sheeran actually has a speech impediment, and I did not even know that. And I was like, whoa, like, I listen to his music, I'm, I'm a fan, this is awesome. Like, already like, a fan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was really, um, interesting to hear, and there's a lot of other, uh, celebrities who have one, too, and I'm just thinking, what? Like, I didn't know. <laughs> That's great makes you feel you know encouraged and that you can relate to people that you look up to yeah and I was you know I was thankful that you know Ed Sheeran was actually open and honest about it Mm, yeah and he shared it because if he didn't then I don't know if I would have known that yeah so that was cool it was cool to see him like shining the light on it and bringing awareness using his platform yeah. Awareness to something really important. Yeah, and I think yeah. that that's how, I mean, that's how I, you know, aspire to be. Even though sometimes it can be still kind of like maybe nerve-wracking or just, you know, you have these feelings of you're just not sure if you should, you know, share certain things or what. But hey, I mean, after talk, um, after talking about it now this far, I feel great. I feel pumped. I'm like, I could keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that's great i yeah. know yeah i could see it. i could see the kind of the weight lifted off or the relief and it's just like out there it's positive and you yes. made it a positive you're owning it and you're making it a positive and it also doesn't have to define who you are um but it's a part of who you are and you know taking that and owning it and making it a positive and using it for the positive really can change it around mentally mm-hmm yeah, That's great. I think so, too. Well, I'm so beyond proud of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, oh, my gosh. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you for stepping up and sharing about it, you know, wanting to share it, feeling ready, um, and even feeling nervous, but doing it anyway. Because um, I know that's very, very big for you, and I think was the challenge sometimes. Yeah. So I'm just... I'm so happy. I can't wait for, like, this episode to come out. You can take it and, you know, post it all over your social medias and, like, actually just release it and talk about it. And it probably just feels like such a weight lifted off that you're like, hey, you know, this is a big part of me. And you finally, you don't have to hide it, you know. Yeah, I'm going to try not to anymore. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, true. I could be, like, free and open on here. But, no, I should be that way in real life too 
it's a work in progress. Say it to yourself. Yeah. And patience. <laughs> but this is a huge step, I think, for you. And so I'm really happy to see it happening. Yes, we will definitely have to do a 2.0. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there could be a lot. There could two, be a 3.0, 4. <laughs> well, it's something that you deal with every day. And I'm sure you have a million other things to say about it and to come, you know. Um, so it's something you can continuously talk about and share and have conversation about. Especially, you know, um, if we get listeners that deal with it and anyone wants to chime in or maybe read emails or things like that, um, you know, we can always, like, continue the conversation and the awareness. Yes, because there's so many layers to it yes. and so many things, but I feel like I touched up on a, on a lot. Yeah, this was really great. So what would you like to say to close us off? <laughs> to wrap it up. Um, to start with, I would like to say that you are not alone um, for those who have a speech impediment. There are a community of people out there that are just like us um, who will encourage and inspire you into, um, into moving forward in, in um, your stuttering journey and helping you to embrace it and Please don't ever feel like you aren't enough because I've struggled in that area. Um, just know that you matter and that it doesn't define you and it doesn't make you who you are. Um, and I'm speaking to you myself too because this is what I need yeah. to hear. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to accept something that you've been so used to not accepting for many years. And I think a lot of people out there who have one can relate. Um, just know that in time, it's possible. Yes. Yes. Love it. All <laughs> right. Well, that concludes this episode. It's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening.